welcome to the Weathercock Podcast. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Weathercock Podcast. It is episode number 75. I'm your host, Rod. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lending me your ears for the next couple of minutes. I am so privileged that you would take time out of your day to have a listen to my ideas, my concepts, my perspectives, whatever topic is on my mind. And this week is a pretty good one. Actually, I want to tell you a story, but I also want to tie it in with the topic of releasing your past. Releasing your past and coming into a full circle moment. This happened to me last week. And it's funny because I was wondering uh, what I wanted to talk about this week. And it kind of like I said, what topic is lighting me up right now that would be fun to share with you? And I had no ideas. And then suddenly I thought of the story and it happened to me last week. And I'm going to share it with you. And I got to tell you, man, I mean, I'm in a transitional period of my life right now. We're about to move out of this city, which is Montreal, and go back to Quebec City, which is our quote unquote hometown, our base where all our family lives and resides still. And it's time to leave. And I wanted to tell you the story of how I got here. Um, I've touched upon it in past episodes, but I really haven't gotten into the details of how I ended up like almost three hours away from my home when we were so comfortable and well, and ended up ended up here in Montreal where so many things happened, a huge change and shift in my life for the better, of course. And now I'm going back completely transformed. But yet, here we go with another transition. And if you've listened to my episode about transitions, I said to you that In order for a transition to a cure, something needs to end. A door needs to close in order for you to go into a transitional period where things are messy, sometimes unclear, not sure, not certain, but give it the time that it needs for it to clarify itself. And suddenly doors open and you've transitioned and you're into a new season of your life. Well, this has happened to me. A door has closed, which... I guess makes it official that I'm transitioning now and that I'm going into a new season of my life, but I will be going through the messy parts of what it is to move. So what does moving mean? It means that we're looking into finding a new place to live. We are searching and seeking. We have a list of wants and needs that we want to respect for us as a couple and our family. Um... We also have things to prepare, things to plan. It's messy. It sometimes falls apart. Sometimes it's like amazing days of great advancement. And other days you feel like you're taking 10 steps back. But I guess that is the beauty of moving. And I've moved enough times to understand this transition. But in order for this thing to happen correctly for me, I had to close a door last week and come full circle. And this is why... I think it is a very crucial part of life to be able, when you do self-development, when you gain awareness, that it's important to have full circle moments. Full circle moments for me mean that something happened in the past, good or bad, it's not important, but what is important to understand is how it closes the gap to the experience of the moment that you've, you know, you remember. And uh, in this case, it was a very, very bad moment for me. 
but I had to make peace with it, forgive myself and forgive others that were part of this experience and close the door on it for good. Some of you may know that in 2020, I had a publishing company and that I put pause on this company when the pandemic hit and basically stopped us all publishers dead in our tracks that uh, we had to find some way of surviving for what we didn't know would be a whole year and a half of not being able to go to book fairs, travel, do anything that was a bit of our bread and butter for making money. At that moment, when I closed in June of 2020, I was completely, completely lost and had no identity whatsoever. Everything for me was caught up in a title. I was a publisher. I was. A, I used to be a manager. I used to be a district supervisor. I mean, I had titles, and I thought that that's what I identified myself with. But the publisher one was the big one because it was my company. It was me. I had created this thing from the bottom up with absolutely no knowledge of business and how to actually publish books. I just knew I had the passion for it. So when I closed it down in June of 2020, um, it was very, very difficult. And through that summer, all the way to September, I was looking for a job of anything, anything to pay the bills. I was applying to be a barista. I applied to be a postman. I applied to be a FedEx driver. Anything that I found remotely interesting, I would apply for. And as long as it had good pay and that I could pay the rent and bills and all that stuff, I would apply for it. But I had no purpose. I had no sense of where I was going. I was completely lost until a friend of mine sent me an ad that was in Montreal, which was 270 kilometers from where we were living in Quebec City, for a publishing job as a director of publishing for a big publishing company here in Montreal. So naturally, this meant that I could go back to what I loved doing, which is publishing books, creating books, finding authors, blah, 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 all that stuff. And I applied for it. And I got called to meet them. And I went to Montreal to meet them. And I went through this interview process. And it was clear to me that the minute I sat in that chair, that this was going to be something that I would have to go against my values with, although I wasn't aware of that because I didn't do any self-development, something in my stomach, in my gut feeling, told me that this was not the place for me. But this meant I could work in publishing, which meant that it would open doors for other possibilities eventually. So I said, of course I'm interested. And I faked my way through that interview, pretending to be someone I was not. So I went against my values and pretended to know everything that they were talking about, their mission, their the way that they published books, how they approached publishing and selling and all that. And although I had no idea of what I was getting myself into, I agreed to all of it and made it look like I knew everything and that I would be the guy, the confident new director that could take them to the next level. So when they asked me how much money I wanted, I gave them the biggest number I could think of and they gave it to me. And I was like, Holy moly, it was that easy. Well, it wasn't. I had to go back twice to make sure that they wanted to actually hire me, but they did. And that meant that we had to move from Quebec City to Montreal. 
And we all have grown kids, so that wasn't a factor. It wasn't relocating the whole family, but rather relocating with my beautiful wife. And when we got here, I took the most expensive condo I could find in the nicest little neighborhoods. And I said, this is the new life that we have had. I may have closed my company, but damn it, I got a beautiful, beautiful place to live in a nice, cozy neighborhood. We're going to be alone. We're going to be living our best lives here in this place and making money and going out, traveling, whatever it is that we want. So in September, I started this job and I had to stay in a room for four months because the apartment that we had rented wasn't ready until December. So for the next four months, I was actually living in an apartment, not an apartment, sorry, in a room and just going about my things and coming back home on the weekends to be able to pack and do other things like that. But the day I started, it was right there and then that I knew that this place was not for me. Just the way that they treated their people, they talked about people, the way that they trained me, the way that they showed me the ropes, I had no clue what the hell I was doing, and they weren't inclined on helping me to show, because they thought for the price that they paid for me, that I was like this turnkey solution. We hired you, we know you, you know what to do, we don't need to show you anything. Here's your desk, here's your computer, oh, here's a few things, here's a few suppliers, get to work. I had a whole team, and the whole team, of course, didn't believe in me because it's like normal when you're new, you have to prove yourself. So I all I had all of that going a bit against me. But the big main thing I want you to remember is that I did not feel aligned at all with this position. Not at all. In fact, every morning I would go to work and I would feel like I was going into like marching into, into this place where I knew that I would walk out every night feeling like I had done nothing, accomplished nothing, and that it went against everything that I believed in when it came to art and creation. But I still went because I had money and I was making money. And my wife would ask me, are you sure you want to move? Is this really what you want? And I would say yes without hesitating because I had a title, because I was something to someone. I was validated because I was in a high position in publishing made it look like I never closed my company, that I almost closed it on purpose to be there. And I felt important in the publishing world. So I just faked it again and said, yes, this is the place that we have to be. And our uh, landlady from where we were living in Quebec City even held our place for an extra two weeks before renting it to make sure, sure, sure that I really wanted to be there. How nice of her to do that, by the way. And I said, yes, I want to go to Montreal. This is the place for me. But I knew inside of me that I hated it. And as the months went by, it got worse and worse and worse and worse. Every time I'd go home, pack boxes and think to myself how much I despised this job. I was nervous when I would walk in. I felt unpurposed. Every time my boss would talk to me, he would make me feel like crap because I hadn't done what I was said I would do. Basically, they kind of let me on my own. Now, Mr. VP, not the owner, but Mr. VP was a good man. He had hired me. He was the one in charge of hiring me, and I had to go through the owner after that to be approved. But he hired me, and he was a good person, but he was hard. He wanted someone who was already ready to go, and I made him believe that. But he had a great heart, and when I talked to him and asked him advice or asked him some questions, he would always take time to respond and make me feel welcomed. But 
he had a way of making me feel like you better be doing your job because we're paying a lot of money for you. So I, I had like, I wouldn't say the best of both worlds. I had a half of the best of both worlds. So I had someone who was empathetic and actually listened to me. But on the other hand, um, he was very hard on me. And with reason, I was faking it. And the fact that he was nice to me, he saw that I was a good person. I, I had, you know, empathy myself and was kind and very respectful, but I wasn't in my place and I wasn't ready to admit it. I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to not lose my title and I wanted to be the person for them. But honestly, every day I walked in there, it wasn't for me. But he would take time to show me when he could some stuff, make help me understand a few things and basically help me on my way. And as the months went by, December came around and that was the, the, the month that we moved, the, the start of December. And I remember you know, packing our stuff in a, in a truck and thinking to myself, what am I doing leaving here on a truck when I don't even know if I'm going to have a job tomorrow? Because at that point, it had been four months and they were getting very impatient with me, very impatient. And here I was moving to a new city in a new apartment, thinking that, you know, I was probably going to lose my jobs in the next, lose my job, sorry, in the next couple of weeks because of just of the way that things were going. And I was getting into contentious arguments with a few people there because I was trying to get my point across. It wasn't working and I was way, way over my head. So you can fake it up to a certain point, but when people are waiting for results, eventually you can't hide anymore. And that's the time where you're starting to pay the price. And I was. So when we moved in December and got to this place, it was like, okay, now everything is here. We're moved in. Things might go better because now I'm not such in a between two places at home and I'm going to do my best to try again. But it wasn't working. Every day was still the same. And the more that it went, the more that it was difficult for me to even comprehend the decision that I had made. And then Christmas break came up and things got completely out of hand. I was making so many mistakes, so many dumb little mistakes, but I would, I felt so nervous because every time I'd make a mistake, they would get angry at me. They would start to lose patience. And here I was, this 40-year-old guy who made them believe that I was the answer to all of their problems making the dumbest mistakes and not getting anything done. So I was like, not only was I way beyond my head, I had, you know, digestive problems. I was like always at the bath in the bathroom. I just couldn't hold anything in anymore. I felt that crappy every day. And I didn't want to face them. I didn't want to talk to them. I just wanted this to be over with and I didn't know what to do because now I had my wife that had moved with me. I pretended that everything was okay, but it wasn't. And here I was faking it every morning and paying the price with my health and my mental stability. It was just not the greatest space. So one day I gathered the courage to talk to my wife about it and told her that I was really not feeling it anymore. And I felt really like crap going in there every morning, which was a surprise to her because she didn't see it coming because I was very good at faking and concealing this stuff. And she asked me, do you still want to work there? Do you still want to work in publishing? And I said, yes, because it was my identity. It's what I thought is what I wanted. So she said, you have to go ask for help. And I didn't want to do that because that meant putting a knee on the floor and saying, okay, I need help, which would mean that the money that they invested, the trust they invested, they chose me 
this would like kind of like void all of that and say basically they hired someone who didn't know what the hell they were doing, paid a lot of money, and he needs help now. But I did it. And I walked into Mr. VP's office, who I said was a nice guy, he's understanding, and I walked in that morning, it was early in the morning, got there a half hour before everyone got there, he was always there early, and I just walk in with my cup of coffee, and I ask to talk to him, and he's like, sure, sure, come in, come in, and he's always nice to me, he was always in a good mood when he saw me, because again, he was a good person, I was a good person, but I put a knee on the ground, and I said, I can't do this anymore, every day I walk in here, I don't feel well, I'm always struggling. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I ask a question and I get pummeled by the owner because of this or that. I don't know what to do. I need help. I don't know how to do this anymore. So I'm thinking of maybe I'll just quit and walk away. And he looked at me. And at that moment, it's like a light came down on him. It's like I admitted my weakness. I wasn't trying to conceal what I wasn't. But I tried to prove that I was just a human being that I screwed up. I may have gotten over my head on many, many things. And now I needed his help. And he looked at me and said, well, thank you for being so honest with you, with me. And listen, I understand completely. It's true. You're over your head. You're not delivering any results. But how about we give you two weeks? Two weeks and I'm going to get behind you. I'm going to help you in every which way possible to make this happen. And I want you to lift that knee off the ground and trust that you can do this. And I was so amazed by his kindness and his willingness to sort of take a step back because I had asked for help that I actually wanted to try for real. And I said, maybe I do have a chance. If I really let myself be vulnerable and authentic, I can have a chance to be a good publisher and learn the ropes here and actually maybe not be so over my head. And when I walked out of the office and I thanked him profusely for it, I walked out of the office, he looked at me and he said, you know what, Rod, you know, you did a good thing to ask for help and don't put it on the ground so quickly next time. We can help you. We can make this happen. And I was very thankful for that. What a beautiful moment it was. But as the story goes, it didn't go any, it didn't get any better. It got worse. And as it got worse, um, the owner got extremely angry one morning and pummeled me to a point of me almost fading and blacking out. Uh, just that story would be a, a podcast in itself. Maybe if you let me know, I'll tell you that story. But I was at the wit's end and it was almost two weeks after we had talked with Mr. VP. So after that I guess, experience slash moment slash, uh, you know, almost falling off my chair. Um, Mr. VP called me into his office and I knew it was over. And I said, I'm just going to go quit and everything because it was, it was like, I couldn't stand anymore. I was looking out the window. I had a blank stare and all I was thinking was dark thoughts. I thought I had lost everything. Now I was about to quit a job that I thought was my identity, was tied up into everything that I'd worked for in the last 10 years, and I was about to leave it all behind and walk away. And I couldn't believe I was going to do that, but I had to do it because these dark thoughts, I knew I couldn't follow through, do anything with that. It is not who I am, and I wasn't willing to go there. Um, so I walked into his office, and I just put all my stuff on his on his desk and put my keys, the credit cards that they gave me, whatever the stuff that I had as perk of being who I was there, I put it and he said, you know, it's not going to work out, right? And I said, I know. And I want to thank you for taking the time and believing me for two weeks. But yeah, it's over. I'm just going to leave. And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry too. And it was a sincere, small, 
couple of minutes that I remembered for a long time. In the end, um, he did his best to help me out and he tried, but I just wasn't into it. I just had no idea what I got myself into. So I walked out of that office with my whatever was mine, a couple of granola bars and a duffel bag, and I drove home having to explain that to my wife. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm just, I just, I'm not even a month in this new apartment that we've rented for a whole year. How the hell am I going to pay this rent? How the hell am I going to live? What am I going to do to get you know, over this situation. I just quit my job. I got nothing in front of me. I am nobody anymore. And as much as my shoulders felt the weight fall off of me from leaving that job, a whole new set of weights, you know, just climbed back on top and crushed me and thinking, how are you going to do it to get, how are you going to make this happen and pay the rent for next month and the month after and the month after? I mean, you know, you've made some huge financial decisions and upped your social life and your living conditions to be here. Now you've lost it all. So when I got home and explained it to my wife, she was more than supportive and gave me all the space I needed to recoup and rethink my life, take time to step away. And from that moment on, uh, I started rebuilding myself. But it took months and months. We were in January and it took until June to figure it all out. I had started applying for all kinds of mindless jobs. I did interviews that I wasn't motivated to do only because I knew I had to pay a rent, but somehow we figured it out. And I still was had a bit of money left from royalties of the past and I was able to pay the rent and do our stuff and not get ourselves in too much trouble. And you know, as this thing was going on, it took months to find a job months to look for what it is that I wanted until I gave everything up and said, I'm going to bet on myself again. I'm going to bet on myself. What, where I was the, where I felt the most valuable in my life and felt like I had purpose was when I was publishing, even though it wasn't a clear purpose. It wasn't always, you know, fun to be in publishing at that level, being an entrepreneur. I knew that it's something that I wanted to continue because I wanted to be my own boss, be the, the person that ruled my own life. And through that, I again, I stopped looking for jobs um, and decided that maybe I would go back to either teaching English because it's something that I really enjoy doing or do something to serve people. And you know the story if you listen to the podcasts in the past that, you know, I stumbled upon a Jay Shetty book and then it opened my eyes to what it was service. I'd always had this constant in my life. It was to always be kind and be of service to others, never being selfish with my own development, but helping others grow in companies that I worked for in the past. So that being said, um, it dawned on me that this is something that I wanted to explore more to help and serve, serve others. In what capacity, I didn't know. But then I stumbled upon coaching, realized that this is exactly what I was looking for, and that from then on, went into a certification program, and you know the rest of the story. If you don't, let me know, and I'll tell you which episodes to listen to. But where I'm getting at is, this was June 2021. We are now in February 2024. I'm still living in the same place. We figured it out. We made it work. And today we're moving back to Quebec City. And last week, while I was in a moment of meditation, I was, Mr. VP came back into my thoughts. And I realized that 
the whole reason why we were here was because of this job. And the reason that we were leaving in the end is because we had done what we had to do here. And you can't know that until you know when it's time to leave. So we came in, I came into what you would call a full circle moment. And I said to myself, I got to write to him. I got to let him know and thank him for everything that he did. Because I felt that that day when we left, it was bittersweet. I was angry. I hated them. I wanted vengeance. I was like, it's their fault. And I wasn't ready to admit my my mistake as me taking this job that was way over my head. I wanted them to be blamed for it. I was the victim in here. I had lost my identity. And now through the years of going through coaching school, starting my new business, my new practice, working with people from across the world, making new friends, changing my life around, being fully invested in self-development and helping others elevate their curiosity, I realized that the reason that we moved here was for me to make a full 360 with my life. Although I didn't know it at the moment, it was the reason why we had to move here. We had to do this. It was my time to change, my time to reinvent myself, to find what it is that I truly, truly wanted with my life. And I had to go through all these moments, the ups and the downs, the doubts, the fear, the failure, the, the victimized you know, way of thinking that I had in order for me to rebuild myself and make myself a better version. But I couldn't have done it if I would not have made that decision to come here and go through those five months of, I'll call, boot camp hell in terms of figuring myself out. And now that we're leaving, I have to make it a full circle moment. I have to close the door on this transition because although I thought I had made peace with this job and the people that surrounded it, I probably I still harbored a little bit of resentment. It was deep inside of me. It wasn't necessarily visible and it wasn't necessarily something that I could feel, but when I thought of it, it made my stomach grumble just a little bit, which meant that it's not settled. And the only way to settle it is to face the past and connect it to the present. And the only way I could connect it to the present was to talk to Mr. VP who was the last person that I talked to, who was a kind person, and thank him for the experience and close the door so that I can transition properly. So I started writing this email to him and just telling him in very simple words, it has been now four years since I've left. Sorry, three years since I've left. And today we're closing the chapter on this city, on this place, on the experience, and we're going back home closer to our family. And what I wanted to tell you in this letter is that I want to thank you for being part of my journey for those five months that we moved here, because although nothing, none of it has worked out and it wasn't always easy, you were always nice to me. You were always respectful and you were, you showed humanity, which not many people did in where we were at that time. And although we are moving on and changing, it is time for me to just tell you how much you were an integral part of the moment where everything changed in my life. And I want to wish you health, happiness, and a great life. Thank you. And it was as simple as that. And you know what? He wrote back to me in under 20 minutes. And he said, oh, It is so nice of you to reach out to me. Thank you. I am happy. I really enjoyed the human that you were also. So good luck with your next endeavor. And he signed his name. 
And that was it. And I felt that I had closed the door for good. I'd forgiven myself, forgiven all the people that were there, and closed it on a chapter of my life that was extremely difficult to go through. And I did it the right way. And it was very difficult to press send, by the way, because it was like admitting that I was the weak one. It was my fault. I'd gotten over my head. I'm the one who took and made them believe a bunch of things. So I was like, my ego was like, don't do this. You don't have to do this. Now you're like a life coach. You got your own practice. You're thriving in your work. You know, you're living well. You're getting to move again. Things have changed. You've worked hard in three years. Don't go admit your shit to that guy. He didn't do anything for you. But I said, no. In my mind, it was like, I have to do this because it's closure. It's changing chapters. And I often tell you, we're writing the great novels of our lives. And we have plot twists, interesting and unique characters. We have adventures and journeys. What would make up a great novel if everything was so black and white? Well, it's not. It's all over the place. And that is my life. And that is yours too, by the way. And when I close that chapter... That's when I started feeling that this time I'm changing seasons of my life. I'm actually in this transition. I can leave here knowing that job well done. We came here for a reason. We reinvented ourselves. We are even stronger than we ever were as a couple. Our relationship with my wife is amazing. And now we're going towards a new part of our lives. And for me, it was important to forgive and to close a chapter with someone I thought had an integral part in that fatal day where I decided that I had enough of this, no more faking. And I've been living the best life ever since. So if there's anything I want you to know from this, or maybe understand, or maybe adapt, or maybe think about whatever it is that you want to do with this podcast, if you've gotten all the way to the end here, it's because I'm interesting you. I want you to know that having a full circle moment is super important. You can't transition without closing a door. And to close a door, you have to say it's over and forgive yourself, forgive others, or reach out to anyone that had an integral part of that experience that you've just had and say thank you. Whatever it is, close it and don't look back. Because once the chapter is turned, you can only go back and read it. You can't rewrite it. It's been done. But if you're going to do it, do it the right way. And now I've learned that There is no ego big enough for me in terms of my ego to stop me from doing what I just did. And I felt at peace and I felt another weight fall off of me. And now I truly know that it's over. And what a feeling that is. What a feeling that is. So don't ignore full circle moments. Keep an eye out for them. And before you transition, make sure the door is closed. Because if you're keeping the door half closed, one quarter closed, whatever it is, you're going to have to go back and fix that. You're going to have to go and close it. Whatever it is, you're going to have to go there. And sometimes when it's too late and too far ahead, it's hard, even harder to go back. You can still do it though. But it's great to know that you have absolute closure. And I call those full circle moments. Hey, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that if you have any full circle moments to close, I hope you go, you know, close them. And start transitioning towards the best, best life. Because remember that we have many seasons in our lives. But I see them as chapters. And I'm writing the greatest novel of my life. And I'm starting a new chapter. And it is uncertain. It's messy. I'm not sure where I'm going. But I know there's going to be some plot twists. And there's probably going to be some interesting characters that are going to show up in this thing. But you know what? I'm going to get through it. Because I don't have the same level of awareness. I've never been so aware. 
I've never been so lit up and purposed in my life. And I hope that you are also. And if you're not, then you got to get on that journey because this life that we're living right now, it's just a one-way ticket straight into the future. So if not now, when? So write the most compelling novel of your life. And it all starts by connecting your dots, understanding why you're here right now, listening to this episode, and taking another step forward and closing whatever circle is open and then go find out what it is that you want. And by that, stay curious. Be curious. Explore. Experiment. Expand your horizons, your thinking, and then go discover what is out there waiting for you. I'll see you in the next episode. But before I go, hey, if you know someone who would love to listen to this episode, share it. Talk to them about it. Who knows? It may help them. And, um, you know, there may be someone out there right now that just needs to hear this. Or maybe they need to hear you. Reach out and talk to them and say hi. You never know who's waiting for a hello. It's so important. And I'll see you very shortly. And if you don't know this already, go sign up for the bi-weekly weathercock update. Just my thoughts, my ideas, my concepts, metaphors, and books I love to read, and anything else that's on my mind, I would love to have you come aboard and leave a comment on the show if you feel like it. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. The Weathercock Habit Tracker is 24 months of tracking grids that you will use to add, edit, experiment, and or delete habits that serve you every month in your quest to live a more healthier and consistent life your way. For each month, I created a fun booster quote to remind you that you got this, one habit at a time. You also have a total line at the end for each habit so that month's end, you can compile the number of times you performed the habit or habits that you're tracking. Finally, the bottom of the page has a space for you to comment or reflect on your habit progress for the month. Make it work for you. This tool requires only two things, patience and consistency. With both of these, your habit tracker will become a non-negotiable tool in your life, just like my habit tracker is for me. And I've been using this for two years and I can't live without it. I'm very, very honored to present to you the Weathercock Habit Tracker, and I want to wish you happy.